Extreme Elements is closing down my merch store. So many of you likely know that I have an amazing merch store. Oh my god. It's crazy. This isn't an advertisement, I'm going somewhere with this. And so you got my mugs and t-shirts and tank tops and hoodies and stickers and da da da. I was even going to end up putting more emotes on there, like unseen emotes. Like I'll show you them right now. Some of them were just the rejected ones, but these like the emotes that I don't use on Twitch. Like variations of different emotes and stuff. So I was gonna put these up, but my merch store is likely closing down. Before I explain that though, do you need someone to make you emotes or draw you something? Check out Bazinga199981, who has worked to improve and upscale 100 plus emotes for me. He even made some of his own Wooful emotes, as shown below. Reliable, cheap, and can certainly create what you need. So he's the one who's been upscaling my emotes and fixing them and um, completing them so that I can put them on merch. But I have been informed by Stream Elements that they're closing down their custom merch stores. So I either have to migrate this somewhere else, which would be a huge pain, or just close it down entirely. I'm sure I'll eventually find somewhere else to put it or something, but it's a lot of work. Why would they do that? I don't know. Stream Elements has been changing quite a bit, maybe because Streamlabs was so much more successful. To be honest, Streamlabs was far more successful because they did a bunch of shady underhanded things and stole a bunch of stuff and ripped off a lot of their users and then did all this to inflate their value so that they could be bought out. It's kind of a scummy thing, but uh, Stream Elements has always been behind Streamlabs. But yeah, so for the time being, any purchases will be still fulfilled. But if in a couple of weeks or something, you try to go to the merch store, it's not there. That's probably why. I'll keep you posted, probably in rambles, if this ends up going somewhere. The Waffle House has found its new host, the consequences of gaslighting the internet. So I'm going to talk about something without naming the person who did this, because I don't want to give him attention. You may have seen on many shorts, on many TikToks, in many comment sections, a constant spam of the Waffle House has found its new host. So basically what happened is a content creator was like, hey, we should gaslight the internet and just all type this in comment sections and explain it to no one. This has been done before, subscribe to PewDiePie being the most famous one, as well as Oh Yeah Yeah from that Maximilian Muss dude, very hated content creator. This stuff is super annoying, mainly because it provides no benefit to anyone, and if everyone did it, it would make YouTube a completely insufferable place that is completely not usable, right? There's a reason why this encouraging of spam is against YouTube TOS because if everyone did it with the goal of trying to increase their online presence YouTube would just collapse the comment sections would be unreadable and it would just be a much worse place for everyone so people who do this are generally speaking completely selfish assholes who do not think for a moment about the implications of their actions on other people I talked to the dude and he just seemed to believe it was some sort of harmless fun and tried to make the justification that it's giving people additional engagement so it will benefit some creators. When in reality, this is nonsense, of course, because the comments will match the distribution of comments normally. As in, channels that get 10% of the comments normally will get 10% of these Waffle House comments. Channels that get 5% of the comments normally will get 5% of these Waffle House comments. And it will just go down like that. So it will just match the normal distribution and no one will receive any additional benefit in any metrics that actually matter. If you want to think of it this way, when everyone's a super, no one's a super. When everyone's receiving these Waffle House comments, it, they may as well not exist as far as improvements in the metrics. So what I'm saying is, this is dumb and this dude's an asshole. I personally was receiving, what, like, 
50 of these comments an hour, it made my comment section intolerable and very difficult to read. And if this works for him and it gains him some traction and gains him some viewership, gains him some notoriety, of which he clearly craves, then it might just become a new trend and I might have to deal with this every fucking day. And I really hope that doesn't happen. I did it too, sorry. People just want to join in. People just want to be a part of the crowd, want to be part of the meme. I don't blame anyone for doing this. The individual people who get swept along in the crowd, I blame the person who started the crowd in the first place. Is this the optimal way to be successful with shorts? Insights from a fellow content creator. So recently my shorts have popped off again in part because I uploaded some really juicy ones that I knew would do well, like this one here. It's the strategy that no GTA 5 speedrunner is willing to do. GTA 5 speedrunners will do anything to complete the game faster, but for one strategy there is no runner brave enough to do it, and that is bike gliding across the Alamo Sea on the mission the Polito score set up. This would save a significant amount of time, but this would need to be done 3 hours into a run, and if you hit anything going down or don't get enough distance, you are screwed. What's funny about this is the footage is so low quality because I can't do this, and so the only footage I have of this is like, there was a screen comparing two different runs. And so this is like a half screen of a full video that's cropped in. And that's why it looks so bad. It's not a task. It's just really, really hard to do. And that's why no one does it. It may not even be possible on the latest patch. People say that bike gliding may have been changed a little bit, but it is possible on some patches. Certainly, and it's certainly possible on the speedrunning patch. I always knew that one was going to go well. Look at that, $7. Now, for those unaware, in February, the amount of money you're going to be getting for shorts is going to go up. I don't know how much it's going to go up by. I don't know how well YouTube is monetizing shorts, but they're massively increasing the split of money you get. So I'm hoping this continues into February and I can tell you what kind of money people are going to get from shorts. So Skyline has sent me a Twitter thread from a dude's six month journey with YouTube shorts. So he's got some popping off. He's got some small ones here. He's got some for some millions here. See how strange shorts can be, where you can have one here for 5,000, one for here for 2.3. Let's read what this guy says about his journey with shorts and see if we agree. YouTube hates me. My short only got 2K views and everyone else are getting millions. Read this and I'm going to try to explain what I've learned about YouTube shorts in the last six months that might help new shorts creators. AVD is king. A lot of people, even to this day, seem to think that a title change will result in significant difference in views. There is only one time and only one time where this is true. If you are a brand new channel, use titles that will direct YouTube where to put your content to start. If it's a finance short, don't name it Minecraft Funny Moments because you will get recommended to the wrong people. Just title it accurately to start and you will be good. Many of my most successful shorts have lower average viewer durations than some of my less successful ones. It's clearly important, but I just don't know why he's talking about titles with shorts. Because this is recommendations for shorts, right? I suppose if he's just arguing that it directs the algorithm better, I suppose that makes sense. Once you've established your audience, you want YouTube to push you to then. You can name your shorts whatever you want. Example here, this is a Fortnite short titled Minecraft Funny Moment with 1.5 million views. Consistency is queen. On shorts, more than ever before, with long-form consistency matters a ton. This is from my own channel. Green showing when I started posting most every day and red when I stopped being consistent. Momentum on shorts is key for success. So down here shows when I uploaded stuff, right? So you can see here I uploaded a bunch. Things stayed pretty steady. I uploaded more, went down. I uploaded nothing, went down. I uploaded a bit, stayed steady. Started to grow even before I started to upload. 
And so here, I've uploaded like some of the least amount of shorts ever, and it's like the highest it's ever been. Shorts seem to not work super the same way as normal content. Like, I've had shorts that I uploaded like months ago that have just suddenly just started getting views. Like at the end of the day, I'm more of the mindset that creating good stuff is more important than consistently putting out average stuff. Maybe that's why he's saying consistency is queen and not king. I'm not sure putting out garbage helps. This is the more good stuff you can put out, the better off you're gonna be. Isn't the shorts algorithm constantly changing? Constantly might be strong, but yeah, they're still figuring stuff out. So stuff that worked before isn't necessarily gonna work now. They're just randomly throwing stuff at different audiences to see what works. Calls to action are the rooks. I just be using chess pieces now. Asking people to subscribe is super important on shorts. They won't do it otherwise. 100% disagree. Subscriptions don't matter at all. In the same way that this guy can have 70,000 subscribers now and still release shorts that get 2k views. I'm not sure to what degree subscriptions matter. It'd be impossible that they don't matter at all, but subscriptions are not a significant driver of traffic. Like most people find like, be sure to hit that like button and subscribe squad fam. They find that shit annoying. And personally, it detracts from the content. You want people just to be as satisfied as possible with that, what you're putting out. And so every time they see your face, they're gonna watch your shit. And I don't think asking them to subscribe necessarily helps you that. And certainly, conceptually, you'd imagine that people who subscribe of their own volition are more likely to, say, watch you in their subscription feed than a person who has subscribed because they've been asked to. But as I said before, I gained 200,000 subscribers through shorts in a month, and my main channel videos didn't go up even slightly in terms of viewership. Not even slightly. Correct length is the bishop or knight. I've seen most success for people making shorts that are 35 seconds plus. They figure out what suits your content style. People like Chris Minecraft are getting millions of views on shorter videos. Just figure out what makes sense for you. See, this is my most successful short right now that's blown up faster than any other. And that's at 18 seconds. This one's 5 million. A lot of these are over 35 seconds. That's true, but not all of them. At the top, it's probably like 50-50. So I don't think this is true necessarily. As I say, I think it's more about just making something good. Adding an additional five seconds onto your content so it hits 35 seconds is not gonna help you. If your idea is best executed in 31 seconds, you should execute that idea in 31 seconds. It's like when people who have asked to edit things, they say, how long do you want the video to be? I say to them, the video will be as long as it will need to be for it to be good. There is a certain amount of time where that idea can be best executed on and attempting to elongate that or shorten that is just going to make it worse. The hard part is finding how long that is. Well, I think that's most of it. I don't provide much value on Twit, and sadly, I'll still get roasted for posting this. But for new creators, I think this could be really useful. To sum up, AVD is all that matters. Stay super consistent, ask for subs, find a good length. Most of this I either disagree with or I say it's half right. But of course, my opinion doesn't mean anything, I suppose. Well, I wouldn't say it doesn't mean anything, but I think all of us kind of get sucked into this trap where when things are working for us, we assume that we understand why. And that's not always the case. We can often be doing things inadvertently that help us succeed that we're just completely unaware of. And when we're on the top of the world, we're super confident, like, I know exactly how the algorithm works. Look at how successful I'm being right now. Yeah. When in reality, you're just coincidentally in a, a good place at this point, and you're not doing enough wrong to sink yourself. And suddenly, the algorithm will change especially in an, a changing market like YouTube Shorts, and you'll be sinking, and you feel like an idiot. I think every creator's been there at some point. 
Like when I work to create shorts, what I think of is, is what I'm producing going to be understood and enjoyed by the largest amount of people possible? Do I establish something as interesting within the first five seconds and then execute on that premise as quickly and as interestingly as possible? So at no point does a person get bored and think, or think to themselves, this time I'm spending here isn't worth it. I have a better chance of finding something good in the next one. As I said, I had like 10,000 clips that we put on the clips channel. And when I cut them down to find the best ones, I ended up with 500 that fit that criteria. And I have more shorts over a million views than I have under a million views. So I'm not saying my ideas are gospel or the only way to succeed, but I'm gonna keep doing them because it seems to be working out so far. I feel like I'm more impatient with things like shorts. So if someone just starts panning for time, I'll be more likely to click off. That is the case with everyone because you know there's smallest flick and there can be something even better. You gotta keep people's attention consistently and convince the algorithm that it doesn't matter who the hell it is in the world, they're gonna be interested in this short. So long story short, I hope shorts continue to work out for this lane dude. And I hope we both figure out how to uh, succeed and stuff. Like right now, you have people getting millions upon millions of views in shorts and then they release like a normal video and get like 5,000 views because no one knows who the fuck they are. The attention is so ephemeral in shorts. Like think any of you who've watched shorts or who've watched TikToks, you've probably watched tens of thousands by this point. If I asked you to like name 20 dedicated shorts or TikTok creators, you probably couldn't do it. I could do that with YouTubers in a heartbeat. Just normal YouTubers. Because you just flick by so quickly. You have to get really, really successful to kind of move beyond shorts to get an audience in places that actually matter. And often I think what matters more is not being successful in shorts or on TikTok or whatever, but just making good content. What's his name? Uh, Stephen He. Like, I don't think the reason why this guy did successful on YouTube is because he was successful on TikTok first. I think it was because TikTok likely enabled him to like refine this persona and this sort of joke. And then when he moved to YouTube, he already had like an established way of doing things. He had refined his skill set. He already had some content to put out there. And then when he put it here, it succeeded because it was good content and it found its own audience here. Like, I could be wrong in that. I'd be surprised if his being successful on TikTok didn't matter at all. But I think it was more that this is good content than anything else. Will I ever speedrun any game other than GTA 5? Solo asks, playing some of these other GTA clones, would you consider speedrunning them or checking out the community that runs some of them? I just can't imagine I want to spend the time learning an old game without much of an active audience. There's so much more I want to do in GTA 5 and that I can't even bring myself to do in GTA 5 that I don't really need to overburden myself by speedrunning something else. There's this initial stage of speedrunning where you don't super know what you're doing, so you don't know all the mistakes you're making, and you just learn the kind of bare bones of the run, and you just quickly improve over time because there's so many time saves to be had. That's a very fun time in speedrunning, and so maybe I would enjoy just picking up a random speed game every six months and just doing some of it, but I have no current plans to do that. We'll see how I go, I suppose. Kingdom Hearts speedruns are damn hard, though. Unveiling my upcoming compilation videos. Bwaza asks, would you ever post supercuts of your videos or do you feel that will take away from the videos? I've posted many supercuts of my videos. What do you mean? Have you not watched them? I have a dude named Bittertrix who is compiling all my videos into compilations and I've released quite a few. 
I even released one fairly recently, which was just all the times in facts and glitches where I said how many hours I had playing the game. There's also like the GT Online glitches, there's the Grief for Jesus one. There's some just based on the game, which is like GT5 purchased the names, GT5 purchased the insults, GT5 purchased the greetings. All pretty funny. There was every fake and real crash. Did every time that chat helps, did that come out? Every fake death I think came out from Chaos Mod. Every chat why came out from Chaos Mod, that was true. The one hit KO intros, that came out. The one hit KO death still hasn't come out actually. Every time from Reddit recap where I said awful, that came out. The deaths and kills from Pacifist hasn't come out. GT Online fails hasn't come out. There are presently, I would say like 12 facts and glitches compilations that haven't come out yet because there's a chunk of facts and glitches that haven't been processed and made into episodes yet. And so I would want those in the compilations as well. The efficient way Australians speak. I really like this tweet. Saw an Australian refer to a documentary as a doco and suffered psychic damage. Deeply unserious country. I sometimes have to remember that things that I just take for granted as like normal Australian stuff, other countries don't do. Like, do you guys know what Zooper Dupers are? When Zooper Dupers was trending, everyone's like, oh my god, Zooper Dupers, hell yeah, man! Zooper Dupers! Everyone loves them. Where's that, where's that picture here? Stocking up for summer in Australia. <laughs> Zooper Dupers are just ice blocks, chat. Like cheap ice blocks that like everyone's parents buy them in huge packs. It's just sugar and a bit of flavoring, basically. So this is misspelled, of course. It's actually Doc O. Servo is the service station. Bottle is the alcohol store. Uh, Mornos, morning tea. Arvo, afternoon. <laughs> yeah, Fiery and Ambo. There's nothing more Australian than just shortening a word and putting like a Y or um, <laughs> an O on the end. The incomprehensible reason behind Twitter's allowance of pornography. I reflect on it. The weird it is that Twitter allows for pornography. You'd think that they would have tried to get that off the platform a long time ago in order to be able to secure advertisers better. But they've certainly survived not doing that. Do they have like an algorithm that makes it so advertisements don't appear near pornography? I was just thinking of it because I saw recently, as often the case, or at least sometimes the case, there'll be some trending tag that's led to porn. It's weird. Like they just kind of bucked the trend of other social media websites. The reason I don't make a video about how to succeed on YouTube. Solo asks, Over your ramble series, you provide nuggets of advice for content creation and some pitfalls to avoid when starting out with streaming and creating. Would you consider compiling those nuggets of information into a video or make a dedicated video for someone who is doing that kind of thing? I have considered it. There is something more casual and lacking in responsibility in a way, making a ramble where I'm just giving my off-the-cuff thoughts compared to making a dedicated video as if I'm saying, here is the definitive way to succeed. As I say, you can be succeeding and think that you're succeeding for X, Y, and Z reasons, but in reality, you're succeeding for A, B, and C reasons, and just you're doing X, Y, and Z coincidentally isn't sinking you. There are things that I once believed to be true about how to succeed on YouTube that are now either no longer true or weren't even true back then. It would be a lie to say that I don't think I have some information, some wisdom, some guidance that I could give to new creators that would help them. But maybe it's just like, I don't want to spend the time doing it. <laughs> I have so little energy to do the things that I want to do that trying to uplift small creators is maybe not highest on my list of priorities. I do try and help out somewhat because I have my Ramble series, but 
I could certainly, like, hire a person to go through my rambles and make compilations of specific topics, but how much of the advice you give you think might be wrong? It would be inconceivable for every single thing that I believe to be true to happen to actually be true. I must believe false things. I am flawed. I will have taken things as facts inadvertently that has led me to reach conclusions that are wrong. All I can do is just be open to that as much as possible and try and as biasly as I'm possible assess new things that are presented to me. It's just the nature of life that we can't have all possible information. We can never be absolutely confident about anything. To put it this way, it'd be hard for me to succeed whilst everything that I believe to be related to success to be wrong. Is my TikTok channel dead? Joshua Boy asks, will you bring back your TikTok now that you're looking to revive the Clips channel? So this entire time, I have been having Silver upload my TikToks. Although, it's definitely going to be a few behinds. It seems out of order because he accidentally missed a bunch. I'm not sure how far behind it is. These are some of the new ones. But you can see that none of these are hitting even like 100k. On YouTube, some of these have like 5 million. So we got a decent two down here, and this was many months ago. <laughs> the one with Molly's ass did too many, of course. Whether it be because the audience is the difference, or the algorithm is either worse, or just not understanding where the audience is for my content, or because there's more competition on TikTok, I can't say... TikTok doesn't seem to have as much value for me as does YouTube Shorts. And even YouTube Shorts doesn't have that much value to begin with. Although, again, I say they might give me some more money in February. We'll see how that goes. Will I continue to upload Shorts to TikTok? I figure I may as well. We'll see what happens.